Welcome to Emran's podcast, episode number 12. This is your host, Suman Silwal. I went from being a couch potato to running a 50K in six months and a 100 miler in 15 months. It's possible. You just have to want to do it. Visit emruns.com for discount codes, photos, and more. I'd like to welcome my friend, Bob Waters, to Emron's podcast. Bob, how are you doing today? Uh, doing very well. Glad to be with you. How's your running going? Uh, it's uh, going as good as it can during this time of year. It's uh, a bit warm outside, but you know we just struggle through. Can you talk to us about your running journey? I know you started uh, running not many years ago, and then you went to doing ultra ultra running now. Can you kind of walk us through your running journey? Uh, yes. Um, I When I grew up, uh, you know, running was uh, just something you did while you were participating in a sport. And uh, uh, I knew of uh, one track runner uh, that lived in the neighborhood, but it's nothing that I ever did. Um, I, I was in athletics growing up. It, um, you know, as I got older, uh, my interest changed and got into some martial arts and stuff like that. And, and eventually, uh, after about 10 years of that, uh, I went to doing nothing. And, uh, as you know, uh, doing nothing, you kind of physically change pretty quick. And after uh, several years of that and, uh, gaining some weight and, uh, nothing major, just, uh, just was not myself. Um, plus, uh, the way as you get older, the job responsibilities and stuff and the stress, um, I found myself, uh, having a, uh, panic attack and, uh, it, that was my wake up call. And, uh, the next day I got up and, uh, started running. Um, it, it was not pretty. Uh, I barely made it about a sixth of a mile before I had to stop, but, uh, that got me interested and, I had a friend at church that had uh, talked to me in the past about some trail runs that he had been doing. And uh, I asked him about it, and he said, well, there's uh, the Chiha 10K coming up in a couple of months. And I found uh, the Alabama Outdoors at the time was putting on the Tuesday night trails out at Red Mountain Park and went out there. Uh, There was one group, and everybody was in that group. And I was the tail end because I couldn't keep up, uh, stopping on all the hills and uh, just barely making it. But I stuck it out, and uh, I ran that Chiha 10K and uh, had a blast doing it, but it was a struggle. Uh, <laughs> but from there, uh, you know, it really ignited the passion for trail running, and uh, I ran a 15K after that and a uh, half marathon. And then went back to the 15Ks because the half marathon hurt me so bad. Uh, but uh, I'd heard of this thing called the Chiha 50K. And uh, so that popped up on the radar and and I set my sights on that one. And once again, it uh, was not a pretty experience, but it was uh, quite enjoyable. And uh, even though I could barely walk for the next couple of weeks, I almost immediately signed up for the Lake Martin 50, uh, which that was the first year of the Lake Martin. They didn't have a 100-mile race that year. And it was so close to the Chihai race that I couldn't do the Lake Martin. 
uh, when it came time to it a week before David Tosh sent out an email saying, if you're not going to be able to, please uh, let us know so that we can let some of these other people in. And so I sent him an email saying, you know, my knees are just not in a condition to run this race. So uh, I withdrew from that. And that uh, was a sad day for me. Uh, but I learned that you got to listen to your body. And I was definitely not ready to take on a 50-mile race at that point. But um, I did uh, say, well, I can't do that 50. But in November, I'm going to run the Penhody 100. And so that was my next target race was the Penhody 100. Uh, that was uh, when I started running. It would be four years ago in August. And, well, that's next month, isn't it? <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> so it's been about four years since I started running, but, uh, so I went from not running to running the Penhody hundred in 15 months. And, uh, once again, I, I finished that race, but, uh, as, as you know, Suman, um, Penhody can be a lot more than you realize. And if you approach it wrong, it's going to bite you. And I approached it wrong. I overtrained for it. I went out way too fast. And I, I wouldn't say that I bonked, but I I just had absolutely no physical strength left in my body when I crossed that finish line. Um, I, I crossed the finish line. I sat down on the field. And 20 minutes later, you know, I'm in agonizing pain, my hips, my knees, my ankles, just Everything was hurting, so I was like, I got to get up, and I couldn't. Um, I had to literally be carried off the field and put into the car. And luckily, my wife was crewing me, and she drove me back home and uh, managed to get me back in, get me up the stairs and in the bed. Isn't that the same experience we're running every hundred? Oh, it's uh, definitely a different experience now. The uh, once again, you learn so much by your struggles that uh, um, I, I set my sights on another hundred mile race, uh, being the Lake Martin hundred inaugural year, and I approached it <clears throat> completely different. Uh, as far as I'm going to go, I'm going to start in the very back of the pack, um, and I was I was the last person uh, to leave the starting line. Um, I, I picked somebody that I knew had a good, steady pace and stayed with them for the first, uh, about 32 miles. And, uh, they were doing the, the 50 mile race. And at that point we did separate and, uh, but I kept that, that slow, steady pace. And even though, uh, I finished in much better condition, uh, I was actually able to stay awake all the way home. Uh, once again, my wife was crewing me and, uh, and drove me home. So I, I could have slept, but, uh, I finished about an hour, a little over an hour faster than I did at Penhody, uh, just from staying slow and steady. Uh, I kept my, I was able to eat more during the race. So I kept my strength up better. Uh, my body didn't react so harshly. You know, did not everything hurt. Uh, there were definitely knees and hips and issues like that. But 
the main thing there is I had a swollen uh, shin, uh, the tendon uh, coming up on the shin, uh, just the repetitive nature of, of running that far. You know, it was inflamed and uh, not real happy with me. But uh, it it recovered. It was about an eight day recovery on on that race. So so you you went from basically not running and and doing all this hundred and recently um, you you completed a pinto race plan. How did that work? As many of us do, I suppose, uh, get on ultra sign up and just see the races out there. And uh, I came across the Pinhoti Slam, uh, which uh, is a combination of races. It's doing the Double Top 100, the Georgia Jewel 100, and the Pinhoti 100 all in the same calendar year. And uh, when I found it, it was uh, the first race had already occurred. Um, so you know, I wasn't eligible that year, but I set my sights on it for the next year and and. Uh, made that my my goal for the year was to complete those three hundred mile races, and uh, the first one being double top hundred. Uh, it was uh, held in uh, outside of Dalton, Georgia, on the east side of Dalton at Fort Mountain State Park, and it's a uh, it's a looped course, five loops plus two out and backs down a connector trail, and it's a uh, a pretty I'm going to say a pretty brutal race. The uh, the descents and and climbs are are very steep and uh, just uh, demanding for for your knees and and everything else that gets pounded. But there's also some very runnable sections of trail that uh, are that actually I think make that course harder. Uh, it's one thing when you're struggling with you know, climbing steep hills and going down steep hills. But then when you have to run, you know, long distances as opposed to some courses where you're going up and down all the time, but the the running distances might not be more than half a mile or a mile at a time. So you don't have that demand of, okay, do this hill and then go run for eight miles. So it's a, it's a different type of uh, course. Um, and in comparison, I, I I consider that one of the, probably the hardest course I've I've run. Um, uh, Georgia Jewel was the next course. Uh, it's it's on the western side of Dalton, Georgia, uh, and it is on the Pinhoti Trail as well. Or it is actually the whole race is on the Pinhoti Trail. It's an out and back, and it's uh, probably uh, one of the more uh, beautiful courses uh, I've run. Uh, it's is my favorite race that I've run. Um, it's uh, got a lot of elevation change, uh, not as much as Double Top had, but it's still about twenty six thousand feet, and it's um, just a nice. A lot of it single track. Uh, it's got some pretty long climbs, but the only real steep climb is power line that comes right before the turnaround. So you, you go up the power line, down power line to a aid station, turn around and do that power line section again. But the uh, the rest of the climbs are are what I would consider manageable. They're not extremely steep; they're just long. Uh, so. Uh, but it also had some real nice stretches of just gorgeous uh, uh, top of the ridge running um, where it's relatively level. Um, and 
Uh, it's also known for a stretch called the Rock Garden, which uh, you hit for the first uh, about 10 miles and then, of course, the last about 10 miles. And that Rock Garden is uh, considered one of the more technical uh, stretches of trail uh, in that race. And I'd say it definitely is. And the other thing that makes it uh, difficult is you, you hit that stretch at the beginning, which is dark because you're starting at 5 a.m. And then you uh, also hit it in the dark, most likely on the way back. Uh, it, it could be daylight depending on how long you're taking to do the race. but uh, So you're doing you know a rocky technical section in the dark, which, uh, as you know, is awful fun. Not that fun at all. <laughs> That's on some part of Pinhoti, you got to do this thing. Yeah. And uh, Pinhoti, uh, what makes the Pinhoti Trail Slam difficult is the uh, amount of time that you don't have between Georgia Jewel and Pinhoti. Uh, Pinhoti being the last run, it falls generally around five weeks after Georgia Jewel. So there's not a lot of recovery time between those two races. Uh, Pinhoti Trail is. Uh, a, a lot of uh, single track at the last part of the race. You get more on uh, some double wide fire roads and, and things like that. But uh, it's it's a once again a beautiful trail, um, well run race, and uh, it can be uh, quite demanding. Uh, weather conditions are are always iffy. Um, it can be hot. It can be cold. I think uh, every year I've done it, uh, there's been uh, either extremely cold weather or rain. And the being so cold at, at night, you're usually on a ridge line at night, and the wind through there just uh, absolutely chills you to the bone. So most of your, your races you, you do fall from the, during the fall season, so you got to train for the summer in Alabama. So how do you train? On this hot weather, it is a struggle. Um, I try to uh, stay as hydrated as I absolutely can uh, before running, and of course after running, uh, I have a. I always run with a uh, a pack, so I'm carrying uh, seventy ounces of water on my back, and I usually have a at least one bottle uh, on my vest pocket as well, which is another twelve ounces. I carry a water filter in case I'm back away from any the, you know, any water sources, uh, you know, potable water sources. And ice is a big thing, uh, putting ice in the pack to begin with, uh, using uh, cooling towels. Um, if uh, you, know, you can plan your, your training routes where you can come back to uh, – to your vehicle and, and have a ice in the cooler or something so you can uh, repeatedly cool yourself. Um, I'm a huge fan of laying down in any creeks or, or bodies of water that might cool you off. Um, basically, do everything you can to keep your core body temperature down. I, I do not handle uh, heat well personally. Um, I've had uh, heat exhaustion on uh, three occasions. Uh, first one in my youth, I was about 22 years old and had a pretty bad case of heat exhaustion. So once you have that first one, you become more susceptible. So that's something I've really got to got to be aware of and just be in tune with 
with what I'm doing, how my body's reacting to, to what I'm doing. So when you run hours and hours on a trail where you're far away from everything, so how do you protect yourself so you don't get heat exhaustion? Yeah, the the biggest thing is to to stay on top of your hydration. Make sure you're you're taking in the water and the electrolytes. Um, if if you let yourself uh, become dehydrated, your heart rate will stay elevated, uh, even if you're standing still. Uh, you just can't get your heart rate down because there's just not enough fluid in your body to do it. Uh, you know, the heart's just pumping harder and harder because your blood's thicker. I stay attuned to that and I adjust my speed and my effort. You know, what I consider important in training during the summer is that you're out there and you're, and you're moving, not necessarily the speed that you're training at or the distance that you're training at, but that, uh, you're out there, you're sweating and, and you're, you're burning the calories and you're building the muscle. Um, it doesn't, matter if you're you know, doing an uh, average uh, eight-minute mile or 15-minute mile, just as long as you're doing it. Uh, it'll pay dividends when the weather changes in the fall. Uh, all of a sudden, everything becomes so much easier. So you have now focused more running hundreds. So how does the training differ from running a shorter distance versus longer distance? It's, uh, it's mainly in the mid mental focus of it um i'm not so much concerned about speed as i am the endurance element uh when you're training for a uh a 15k uh which is most of the races uh that uh, I, I participate in the southeastern trail series and and a couple of the uh dirty spokes types runs you know you're going to have uh Nine miles is going to be a typical race and, and, and generally working yourself up to, uh, around a 50k. But you know, if you're training for a 15k, you're really looking for speed. And, uh, that is a different training element. Uh, I typically am not going to train for a 15k because in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I've got a longer race coming up. So the 15k is more of a training run for the, for the 100 miler. Uh, or the 50k. Um, but with that said, I'm still going to do some speed training and my speed training is, is twofold. I will, I'll take like one day of running. I might only run one or two miles, but it's going to be for speed. And then the other element of that is after one of my longer training runs, I might somewhere toward the end of that run, uh, run a section for speed, be it you know, half a mile or two miles. Um, and it's just, okay, my legs are tired. Now let's see what I can still do and, and go for the speed. I kind of have my own training style. I, I don't read a lot about running um, because I my thoughts on it are I want to know what works for me, um, not necessarily what worked for somebody else. Now, I listen to other people and, and get their input on what worked for them. Uh, but when it comes time to do it, it's really, okay, that didn't work for me. Now I'm going to find something that does. I have seen you going downhill at such a high speed. I think I have very few people who can run that fast. 
So what is your what are your tricks on that? Or downhill is something that uh, you know my thoughts on downhill is it's it's free effort. Um, don't don't struggle with yourself trying to trying to keep yourself from going downhill. So basically, I let myself fall downhill. Uh, my my technique is mainly um, ease. I just want to take a, an easy pace, but I can vary it depending on the terrain from a long stride uh, to you know, short, quick steps. Um, it's it's all about a recovery. You know, typically a downhill is going to come after an uphill. So, you know, you've been struggling up the hill, your heart rate's up. So um, I'm recovering as I'm going down the hill. and. Uh, I look at it as I want to be smooth. I don't want a lot of impact, uh, you know, gentle on the knees, and just uh, keeping your your eyes on the terrain, picking out your your fit falls, and just letting it happen. You said that you are exclusively trail only running this since you started. Have you considered running road races as well? Not really. I I do run on the road occasionally, just from the aspect of uh, all trail runs, or just about all all longer trail runs have some road portion to them, and uh, that was one of my weaknesses uh, that that I realized after doing the Penhody Hundred for the first time is road running was just. Uh, the thought of running a four mile stretch of road after being on all the hills and the trails, uh, it was absolute agony. So, uh, the next time around I did focus on, okay, now once again, I've trained, uh, did this training run and I'm going to pop out. I'm going to run the road for a little bit just to practice it. So, but as far as running a road race goes, you know, I, I, I just don't have that desire. It's, uh, not to say that I won't ever develop it or or do it, but right now I just don't have that desire. Yeah, that's your style, definitely. I'm both road and trail, continuously running and racing. I try to complement each other. So. Yeah. This is our spring round. Are you ready for a spring round? Yes. Uh, what kind of shoes do you wear for your races? Hoka. What kind of uh, GPS device do you use? Uh, I don't use GPS during races. I uh, use uh, RunKeeper app um, when I'm training. I generally turn the volume down so I don't hear it. I'm just trying to keep my miles uh, logged for the uh, BTC 1200 mile club. What kind of shirt do you wear? Uh, tech shirt. Do you wear any cotton shirt for your training or anything like that? Occasionally I wear a cotton shirt. Uh, I actually wore one uh, Tuesday night um, just to... Uh, See what the difference is going to be. I, I used to wear cotton, cotton shirts all the time. Um, I loved the uh, the coolness after the run, but uh, it it did make it feel a little a little hotter when I was running. What is your favorite race and distance? Uh, favorite distance is definitely hundred miles. Uh, my favorite race is uh, probably the Chiha Fifty K. Do you have any training plans? I have never written down a training plan. Um, in, in my head, I have a, a rough training plan, but, uh, I don't necessarily go by it. Any nutrition plan you have? Uh, not really. I, 
pretty much eat what I want, except for if it's a if it's a hundred miler, the uh, about two weeks before, I'll start uh, dialing in nutrition a little bit better. What is your favorite trail in Alabama? Uh, the Penhody Trail. I have backpacked it and uh, as well as raced it. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful trail. Before we conclude our uh, interview, I would like you to kind of give us uh, some some word of advice to people who want to uh, start running the ultra distance or at least the trail like what you have done and have a passion for it. I, I, that's what I would really like uh, for people to realize is their abilities. Um, so often people are told that you can't do that. Uh, but as long as you believe that you can and you're willing to put in the effort and the training to do it, you can do it. I went from being a couch potato for about five years to running a 50K in six months and a 100 miler in 15 months. Um, it's, it's possible. You just have to want to do it. And the, the benefits are just so huge. The physical benefits are obvious from a health standpoint, but just the uh, relational benefits, uh, the people that you meet and, and the friends that you make. It's, it's a wonderful community to be involved in. As far as the physical ability to do it, as long as you're trying to do it, you're going to, you're going to get better. Uh, and, People have asked me before, you know, what kind of uh, other training do you do? Do you bike? Do you swim? Do you uh, do weights? Do you do CrossFit? Do you do yoga? Um, I don't do anything besides run, basically. I know a lot of people that do, and and it's great for, for what they're doing, and, and that's fine. But, you know, my interest has been running, and that's just my personality is I'm, I'm so solely focused on one thing at a time that uh, – uh, I've been like that my whole life, so it's either a blessing or a curse. Thanks for your advice, and we'll catch you up somewhere out on the trail. Well, I look forward to it.